by that. Aren't you glad that we can know that our Redeemer lives this morning? Well, I, um, I feel like I'm prepared. I've got, I got everything that, I got my masks, I got my hand sanitizers, got my breath mints, but I probably don't need those since we can't get <laughs> close. Uh, um, and my ears are uh, kind of overloaded. They're holding the microphone and holding my hearing aids, and and I can't get the mask on there anyway. Or I might. Uh, so I got a bottle of water, and this is not a TV. It's a. Uh, uh, um, it's my. It's called a tablet, but uh, it's got my giant print Bible on there, uh, and, and and my notes. And so we're so glad to be with you today. And I was thinking as I was coming down, you know, they have the expression, uh, preaching to the choir. Uh, Y'all did a pretty good job singing today, but, you know, the expression, preaching to the choir is, we're uh, probably regulars, the, guys, the ones that are here today in uh, this time, these times of chaos. Um, but I want to share uh, some words that will encourage and uh, re- help us in these uh, difficult times. And I'm going to uh, direct our attention first to the, uh, a verse in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 16. If you have your Bibles, you can open them to Proverbs 16. Um, there's a lot of people who have collections of uh, little quips and quotes and, and, and what they call Proverbs uh, that can help us uh, through life, some of them are really important. Some of them aren't so important. Kind of like the uh, uh, ba- you know instructions about a balanced diet. You know what a balanced diet is? It's a cookie in each hand. It's a or like a clear conscience is usually the sign of a bad memory. You know we we we, we want to have a clear conscience, but we also want to have. Uh, uh, that whether our memory is good or bad, um, or things like age is a very high price to pay for maturity. But uh, husband is someone who takes out the trash and gives the impression he just cleaned the whole house. But on the serious side, I want to talk to you about your plans. Do you have plans today? Proverbs 16, verse 9 says, In their heart, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. I come across some people, sometimes it seems like they don't have any plans. They they don't have uh, any purpose in life. They just, you know, want to get through the day, this um, no job, no, uh, no seeming cares except uh, taking care of the, uh, themselves. But uh, plans are important, and most of us have spent a lifetime of making plans and trying to see those plans accomplished. And if you re- read the Bible carefully, you, say that, you see that it says a lot about uh, planning and the importance of planning and how God wants us to plan, but most importantly, God wants us to 
realize that he has an ultimate plan for the world and for, uh, for us indiv individually. So it's important for us to plan, but the most important thing is that realizing that God is working uh, sometimes behind the scenes, sometimes very much involved in, in uh, things of life to establish what we do, particularly if we are um, following his guidelines to, to know his will and to want to, to do that, to make it the, the most important thing in our lives. There's an architect uh, who designed the Episcopal Cathedral in Cleveland. Sat down and began to work, and, 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 and through the course of uh, time, he presented 60 plans to a team uh, for their, their cathedral. And one after another, they were rejected. About to give up. His wife said, make 61, John, if necessary. And the 61st plan that he drew up was accepted. So sometimes uh, we, we're working along with our, our, our plans and it, things aren't going well, but the, the moral of that story is that we need to keep planning. We never know when our plans will succeed. Also in Proverbs chapter 16, you go back a few verses, verse 3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. One important way to achieve success in our plans is to seek the Lord about those plans and, and, uh, and have his blessing on them. According to 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, God wants to be glorified in everything that we do, whatever we do. Consequently, uh, there's nothing that is unimportant to be left out of, of our consideration. I think God is interested in everything we do. Therefore, we can involve him uh, by praying about it, whether it has to do with our marriage, our families, our work, or even pleasure. We, uh, we live in Hocking Hills. It's the second largest in uh, um, vacation spot, I guess, in Ohio, and, and particularly the last few weeks, the traffic has increased dramatically after things began to open up somewhat, and people aren't taking cruises, so they, they, uh, they're coming in their campers and coming to the, the hills where the cabins and can spend time in the woods and in nature. But a lot of people seem like that they, they, when they go on vacation, they leave the Lord at home. In other words, they don't go to church. They forget some of their manners, their Christian manners, that is. But the, the Lord is truly interested in everything we do and wants us to glorify him in everything we do. Hudson Taylor had defined convictions about how God's work should be done. He said, we can make our best plans and try to carry them out in our own strength. Or we can make careful plans and ask God to bless them. But yet another way of working is to begin with God, to ask his plans, and to offer ourselves to him to carry out his purposes. Now that's the right idea, isn't it? Lord, what do you want me to do today? Lord, I would like to get this accomplished today. No. No. 
What do you want me to do? Not what I want to do. How much better to seek his leading in the first place? Jeremiah in the Old Testament said in chapter 10, verse 23, I know, O Lord, that a man's life is not his own. It is not for man to direct his steps. That's Jeremiah's prayer. Pretty smart man. A whole lot smarter than most people today. Why? Because most people want to do their own thing, make their own plans, and they don't want God involved in any way, any shape, or any form. They probably think he'll uh, spoil their fun. Actually, the Christian is a whole lot smarter than most people because the Christian realizes exactly what Rick Warren said in his book, The Purpose Driven Life. He says, we are here for God's purpose. We're here to accomplish his will for his glory to be revealed and exalted. Several years ago, um, in another age of time, a, a man, a young man, approached the foreman of a logging crew and asked for a job. And he, uh, the guy says, well, it depends. He says, let's, let's see you fell this tree. And the young man stepped over and, very, uh, and skillfully felled a, a great tree and impressed the foreman. And he said, you can start Monday. So Monday he was there, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday rolled by. Thursday afternoon, the foreman approached the young man and said, you can pick up your paycheck on your way out today. The man was kind of startled. He said, I thought you said you, you paid on Friday. He said, normally we do, but uh, uh, we're letting you t- go today because you've fallen behind. Our daily felling charts show that you've dropped from first place on Monday to last place on Wednesday. The young man says, but in pleading his case, I'm a hard worker. He said, I arrive first, I leave last, I even work through some of my breaks. And the foreman, sensing the boy's integrity, thought for a moment, then he asked him an important question. He says, have you been sharpening your axe? Have you been sharpening your axe? And the young man says, I've been working too hard to take the time Sometimes we're so busy working that we forget to sharpen our axe. That is, we forget to seek God's will and his direction for our lives. Running ahead of the Lord can be disastrous or at least can cause some problem for us in life. We need to pause daily to seek the Lord's plan for our lives. Sharpen our axe daily. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 says, Be very careful then how you live not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, not, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. If you're going through a setback or disappointment, remember that His purposes for you, as it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, are good and pleasing and perfect. Nothing happens without God's permission. God is in control, and in everything, He is working for good. I have a question for you all. Anybody here have your plans disrupted lately? Any of you kind of had to put something on hold 
or has the world been turned upside down or your plans just kind of squashed or obliterated? It could be plans for uh, your family, could be plans for retirement, could be uh, plans for ministry. Of course, we realize that, uh, you know, when people look at the year 2020, it's a year of, of interruptions and destructions of our best laid plans. We have to realize that God is wanting all of us to make our plans. But then we see that God orders our steps through those human plans. It's right to plan. However, we need to do it with the necessary humility, recognizing that our plans will only succeed if it is the Lord's will, as James chapter 4, uh, verse 13 through 15 says. Of course, and, and another, as we shared the, the, right, the words of the, uh, Solomon in Proverbs, in your heart you may plan your course, but the Lord determines your steps. Sometimes we align our plans with God's purpose. At other times, certainly in my experience, God has to come along and overrule our plans. We should always bear in mind that we may uh, have gotten something wrong and that ultimately and thankfully it is God who determines our steps. So our prayer today should be to start with, thank you, Lord, that although I make plans in my heart, ultimately you determine my steps. I would like to direct your attention to Acts chapter 22, and we're going to look at a um, uh, period in Paul's life that that shows um, how God works and how how our plans uh, are affected by what what God is doing. Um, Acts chapter 22. I'm going to read you a portion of scripture. Uh, Paul was standing before a Jewish crowd, and, and the crowd was listening, it says in verse 22, until he said this. And what he had just said was, uh, you know, he had just given a, a, a um, kind of recap of his life and how God encountered him on uh, the road and how he began to preach and, and share the, the good news of, of, of Jesus Christ. And then uh, he said, um, then the Lord said to me, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Now, the Jews thought they had a corner on God. And uh, so they, they didn't like what Paul was saying. It says here, they, they raised their voices and shouted, rid the earth of him. He is not fit to live. And as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the commanders ordered that Paul to be taken into the barracks. 
He directed that he be flogged and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who has not even been found guilty? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do, he said. This man is a Roman citizen. Uh, and the commander went to Paul and asked me, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, he answered. Then the commander said, I, will pay a, I had paid a lot of money for my citizenship. But Paul answered, I was born a citizen. Those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul and Roman citizens in chains. The commander wanted to find out exactly why, what, uh, why Paul was being accused by the Jews. So the next day he released him and ordered the chief priest and all the members of the Sanhedrin to assemble. Then he brought Paul to stand before them. Paul, standing in the place of the accused, uh, looked straight at the Sanhedrin and said, my brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God and to all good conscience to this day. At this time, the high priest Ananias ordered those standing near Paul to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit there and judge, to judge me according to the law, but yourself are violating the law by commanding that I be struck. Those who were standing near Paul said, How dare you insult the God's high priest? And Paul said, Brothers, I did not realize that he was the high priest. For the scripture says, Do not speak evil about the rulers of your people. Then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and others Pharisees, called out of the Sanhedrin, My brothers, I'm a Pharisee, descendant from the Pharisees. I stand on trial today because of the hope of the resurrection. And he said this, uh, as he said this, a dispute broke up between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. The Sadducees say there's no resurrection, and uh, there are no angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees believe all these things. So Paul, you know, decided to, uh, to um, as his defense, to, to split the, uh, the, the group. And, uh, you know, they became, uh, you know, more chaos and, and all. And um, in the, I'm not going to, to read it all, but we, if you read further, you find that Paul uh, was being held. Even though he wasn't beaten, he was still being held. And uh, then a report came that he was... To, uh, that there was a group that was trying to kill him. And, and, uh, and in the midst of all this, this crisis, uh, God came with a message, especially for Paul. And we'll look at that for a minute. But God orders our steps sometimes in spite of human oppositions. Are you worried about your future? Are uh, you facing difficulties or oppositions in the times of crisis? Are there plans against you? In this story, there was a number of um, competing plans. 
One was the crowd. The crowd began to shout and a riot ensued and said, you know, let's get rid of Paul. Paul doesn't, doesn't deserve to, to live. It reminds me of another riot that, that he faced earlier, and the scripture says uh, that a lot of the people that were there in the city and involved in a riot didn't know what they were there for. Does it sound familiar today? It's... While it caused Paul some hardship, ultimately it failed because their plans were against God's purpose. Then, as we see, stepping in, the commander. The commander is a man of military power, and his, his idea uh, was to have Paul beaten. Uh, not because he deserved a beating, but some way to coerce him to talk. And it reminds us of some of the bad cops we see in the world. That gives good cops bad names, but, you know, he... Uh, Paul... When he was taken into the chamber to be beaten, uh, pointed out to the centurion who was about to administer that very harsh treatment that sometimes people didn't survive, um, that, that he was a Roman citizen and hadn't been convicted. And that was reported back to uh, the commander. So there's another opposition that Paul's facing. And then there is the court. Even though the commander didn't have him beaten, he held him against the, the rules and in custody and took him back before the, the Sanhedrin, which was the Jewish um, governing body, and, uh, and even though there were plans to kill Paul and from that group of religious people, uh, Paul manages to divide the tribunal, which we already talked about, and, 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 uh, and uh, then which one crisis after another. Paul must have wondered whether he'd missed out on God's purpose. But in the middle of this crisis, the Lord stood near Paul and he said, Take courage, as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. As with Paul, God was, will strategically order our steps. The sovereignty of God means we don't have to worry about the ultimate outcome. God is in complete control. Do you believe that? God is in complete control. may not always seem that way at the time. God's purpose is that you, like Paul, should be a witness. Everywhere you go, be a witness. When appropriate, give your testimony. And even when you're not speaking, your life is a testimony. Don't wait until all is going well. In fact, it's in times of difficulties that our testimony is often the most powerful. Not only should we pray, Lord, thank you for ordering my steps, but say, Lord, give me the same courage you gave the Apostle Paul to testify about you wherever I go. There's a story in the Old Testament about the people of Samaria. 
going through a very, very difficult time. There was a famine in the land. Food prices had, store, uh, had soared astronomically. Even if you had money, it was difficult to uh, obtain something to eat. The scripture even says in the sixth chapter of Second Kings that some had resorted to cannibalism. One lady, uh, a widow, came to the king and said, you know, help me, my lord and king. And, and his pathetic answer or excuse was, if the lord does not help you, where, where can I get help for you? Sovereignty of God and his plan is not meant to be excused for human uh, in, in action. God wants us to be his agents, his human agents, to help relieve suffering and, and pain in the world. When we see needs, we are called to be God's hands uh, to respond to those needs. This is what Elisha did, the prophet of God at those times. God used Elisha. He prophesied, listen, God's word, the famine is over. This time tomorrow, food will be plentiful. Now, that's hard to accept those words if you're very you're hungry and, and you can't find food to buy, even if you had the money. Uh, but the, this man says, you know, the famine is over and tomorrow there's going to be plenty doesn't seem to be a, uh, a believable story. Well, God uses four men, four outcasts from society, four lepers, who in their isolation discovered where this plentiful food was. They went into the Armenian camp that uh, where... Uh, had been bustling with people, and as you walk, they, they walked in, it looked like everybody just up and left. The, everything else besides people seemed to be intact. And uh, what they found instead was tables full of food, and and uh, and you can imagine what it was like for these men who were outcasts and hungry as everybody else was to be able to, to sit down across from a mountain of food and realize that God had delivered them from their enemies, the Armenians. They, they could keep the good news to, the, to themselves, but that would have been selfish. But they were tempted to do so. You know, we're looking at a world today that is going through the same issues that we as Christians are going through. But we have far better news than they have. The good news about Jesus and the gospel. It's important that we don't keep it to ourselves. We are the human agents responsible for carrying out God's plan. Similarly, the people in the city could have just stayed there in their lost condition, refusing to believe the good news after the, um, the, the lepers realized, hey, we can't, this is wrong to, to not tell 
others. So they went back to the city that they were had been ostracized from to tell everybody that we found food and it's plentiful and and uh, some res- uh, suspected a trap. And it's that way sometimes too when we try to tell the good news about Jesus Christ. Somebody thinks that we're trying to trap them or trick them and all. But the important thing for us to do is realize that we are God's agents to carry out His plans. Yes, we we living in the midst of a scare of a of a virus. For those that, uh, for some who become infected, it is serious and life changing, even resulting in 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 death. It has caused uh, a economy that was going gangbusters to to tank. A lot of people have been out out of uh, work and. Things starting open up again, and then in the midst of this, we we see a resurgence of of racism and 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 rioting and chaos and looting and and protests, and we were uh, bombarded on all sides by uh, news that is particularly taken and shaped to. Uh, to match a political cause or a um, a lifestyle uh, cause, whatever uh, you want to call it. All of these things come against our plans as a church to reach out. We can't do things the way we were doing it before. But the bottom line is we still have the good news. And others need to hear that good news. So our prayer needs to be as well. Lord, thank you that you have good plans for my life. And your purpose will ultimately prevail. Help us to be a blessing to the world. Help us to feed the hungry and bring the good news of Jesus to the world. That so desperately needs physical and spiritual food. God has a plan for our lives. As a pastor through the years, I have uh, often preached about knowing God's will and and uh, finding his plan for our lives. And I have <clears throat> several moments in, in my, my life where, where God has closed doors, opened doors, I remember, you know, my uh, calling. I felt to when I was in high school uh, was to attend a Nazarene college and prepare to be a missionary. Um, I, I I did that, but the doors were closed. But before that, it was in the summer before ready to go to college and. There was one important piece missing to all of the the, the plans that I made is, uh, and that was there was no money. And I remember I was not planning to go to Somersville to camp that that year, but uh, 
nothing else was going on. I wasn't even working regularly, so I, um, I went to camp, and there God got a hold of my life. I went forward in evening service and, and uh, bowed at uh, the altar and, and uh, gave everything back into God's control. Next day, my mother called and says, we just got to letter uh, about financial aid for college and, and laid out the, um, the, that plan. And I uh, realized you know, God already had the answer before I knelt and surrendered. But it took that for me to realize what God was doing. And, and uh, the doors didn't open for me to become a missionary. Uh, but he did lead me into full-time ministry, which we're still involved in today. And uh, many times I, I've questioned, you know, is this what I was supposed to do? But then I realized that each step of our journey from one church to another or to the mission field as a volunteer and coming home and, and now serving as a uh, manager of our uh, camp and conference center in South Central Ohio, uh, everything has prepared me for the next part of God's plan. We need to continue to plan, even though, as, as in Paul's situation, he, you know, one time he was planning to go to one city to preach, and, and he had a dream, and in that dream, they, he experienced the call to Macedonia, so they changed courses to do uh, what God wanted. It's important that we continue to plan, but to realize God ultimately guides our steps. He'll see us through all these crises and all these things that come against us. It's human opposition. He is God, right? He's the one who is in charge. I'd like for you to bow your heads with me and close with a word of prayer. Lord, we're thankful that we can look at your word today and be reminded of just how much you want to be involved in our, our lives, that you want us to be involved too in, in making plans and having an ambition and a desire but realize that those must come in line with your ultimate desire for us and your overreaching plan for the good news of Jesus Christ to be shared with all peoples, all nations. Lord, help us not to become discouraged when things don't seem to be working out when we can't do things the way we're accustomed to or uh, things are, are difficult and unpleasant. Help us to continue to trust in you. We pray that you will order our steps. Perhaps you ordered somebody's steps into the sanctuary here today, this morning, who is it walking with you, doesn't know your forgiveness and your power to renew lives and to 
give us assurance that we sang about that uh, that we have uh, uh, home with you, a destiny. We pray, dear God, that you would help us in these difficult times to be ready, as always, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. Thank you for this time of worship together, for singing, for praise, for prayer, and for uh, looking into your word. Help us to be all that we can be for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. No, I understand.